It's Sunday morning. Time for the great outdoors with Charlie Potter. Brought to you by the all-new Chevy Silverado and ChevyDriveChicago.com on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Good morning. Welcome to the Great Outdoors Show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio in Chicago. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy this show. As I'm going to take you, well, I'm going to take you to a place that I think we would call paradise, and that is off the coast of, well, I'll just call it off the coast of the Low Country, off the coast of Georgia, maybe off the coast of Florida. It's a barrier island. I'm not going to mention the name of the island, nor am I going to mention the family involved, but I'm just going to take you on a bit of a journey this morning to a place that is the past and the present and hopefully is the future. It's a barrier island. It's a large one. And it goes back to the time when basically America was settled and it looks very much like it did probably 500 years ago. So this island, prior to the Civil War, it had been farmed. It was part of the plantation culture of the barrier islands off the United States. And then after the Civil War, a little bit later, it was acquired by a family that cared enormously about conservation and the outdoors. And over time, other families became part of this. And today, this island is largely protected uh, in conservation easements. It's part of our national park system. It is a national seashore, but it is an island that that remains very much as it did, well, 140 years ago. There are wild horses, there are hogs, there are deer, there are turkeys, there are birds of all kinds of species migrating through when I was there last week. Birds headed to the Arctic, birds headed up the East Coast. This is an island you can only get to by boat. There are no cars. Uh, It's an island when the lights go out at night, you don't hear anything. You don't hear a police siren. You don't hear an ambulance. You don't hear anything at all except the way the world was before we arrived here. And I thought this morning I would talk about this island because it's an example of what a few people can do and have done who really care about our natural resources. And it's also a story about the government in some ways and its heavy hand, although I don't mean that in a, in a bad way here, but it's, its ability to overreach and not to recognize the efforts of the private sector. So going back in time in the late 1800s, this island was purchased by an individual who cared passionately about the environment, the outdoors, and creating a lifestyle that would preserve the heritage of this coastal barrier island. And over time, that has occurred. And also over time, due to a number of circumstances, lots of this land was given to the U.S. government, given to the Park Service, to be preserved forever. And what happens when you do that is often conflict occurs because the individual's who have shepherded and lived on this island now for well over 130 years, they know a lot about it, and they have strong feelings about how it should be cared for and how it should be managed. And the Park Service comes in with its own ideas, but without the ability to have 
the ties to history or an understanding of, I'll just call it the, simply the rhythm of the island or of any barrier island or of any natural place. And I've seen this throughout my life where well-intended individuals gave property to the U.S. government because they wanted it to be protected in perpetuity, which I like to say is a long time. And it ends up not working out as they hoped. And there can be no better example in the state of Illinois than what happened to an area now called Donnelly de Pew on the Illinois River. It was given by Gaylord Donnelly to the state of Illinois. It was one of the finest duck hunting places on the Illinois River, if not the entire Mississippi Flyway. And the state of Illinois, over the past 35 years, has so mismanaged this place that there, uh, it is arguably the worst duck hunting place in the state of Illinois in public hands. And I'm not saying that it's happening here on this fabulous barrier island, but what I'm saying is that the government has views of how things should be done, which often run at cross currents to the views of individuals who shepherded the land for so long. And that is definitely the case where you have sea turtles coming up the shore at night. There are no lights on the beach. There are, there are no houses on the beach. When you stand on the beach under the full moon, as I did just a couple days ago at night, and the full moon is coming up over the ocean, there is no sign of human inhabitation. Habitation. None. It is exactly as it was, if you will, when the first settlers arrived on the shores of, of the Atlantic. There's no sign of, of human activity. No lights. The night sky is, is as it always has been. It's profoundly magic. And it moves you. And the reason I'm talking about this is this is also an island where if you take some care and make some effort, you too can go and experience the wonders of nature and walk a beach that hasn't changed. The only changes on the beach are what have nature nature's provided where you see wild horses, which, of course, were brought over by the Spaniards some 500 or more years ago, where turkeys run through the woods and run, run across trails. But it's an island that needs to be respected for what it is one of the greatest natural assets we have in America, which was not developed into a Hilton Head or not developed into any of the host of, of islands, barrier islands at the entire Atlantic seaboard. As you know, we see in September every year, people boarding up and running inland because houses were built in places where they shouldn't be right on the ocean. And it's not that. It's not a Hilton Head. It's not, it's not a Ponte Vedra. It's it's paradise in its natural form. And it makes you realize that in America, if you seek places out and get off the beaten path, you can experience truly, truly extraordinary outdoor experiences. I was fortunate to have this recently, to walk a beach where there was no one but the individuals I was with, no vehicles, no lifeguards, no signs, no, nobody telling you you can't swim, nobody talking about rip currents or don't touch this, don't do that. And yet at the same time, as the Park Service becomes more ingrained in this island, as over time more gifts are being made, it needs to recognize that the individuals who still call this island home, and there are a few, they know a lot about the history of this land, or in this case, this island. And they should be listened to, just as when Gaylord Donnelly gave his gift to the state of Illinois, which he later told me was the worst mistake he had made in his, in his long line of philanthropy, was giving a piece of property to the state. In this case, I hope we don't look back 100 years from now and say, 
the worst mistake was made was that the National Park Service didn't understand this island. And it tried to turn it into a ticky-tacky, touristy place where you could come and buy all kinds of items where there was no governance on the traffic, where uh, the whole objective was to maybe show people something that the Park Service thought would be great, but which doesn't respect the true heritage and the culture of these islands, which go back to indigenous people. And, and so as I'm doing this show this morning, I'm thinking when people, and there aren't many of them left, but when individuals give significant gifts to our government, as has been done on this particular island over the past 70 years, extraordinary gifts have been made. One of the most extraordinary was engineered by the Nixon administration and by Nathaniel Reed, who was recently deceased, engineered one of, when he was Assistant Secretary of Interior for Fish, Parks, and Wildlife. He engineered this gift, and in part. And here we are today with park rangers and individuals in Washington who have never been there. They don't understand the pulse and the rhythm of the island. And hopefully 100 years from now, we'll find that the Park Service has not decided this is a place where, well, we need to have a boat come over and get on a trolley and ride around and be told historical facts. Let's have it be an island, because it still is, where you can pull up in a kayak and go for a walk, or you can go to a campsite, or you can come over on a boat and walk around and then leave. Let's not have it become a Yellowstone or a Yosemite, where we trick it up with all kinds of places where you can go and buy things. And, and so this island is... And if you're creative, you'll figure out what island I'm talking about. But this island is a gift to America, gifted by very, very generous families who cared deeply about the future of America and who cared about having places that were wild and preserved. And let's hope that for a long time, this place, like forever, this place is wild and preserved without the lights of headquarters and without the uh, intrusion that often comes from the government having grand plans for very simple places. Nature created a true treasure when it created this barrier island, and the people who, few people who still live there and call it home have done this for more than 130 years, and let's hope they can do it for a long time coming. They've done a great job, and I guess it's not the hand of the government to come in and say, we know better. So I did this show this morning because I had this experience, in a way, an epiphany when I went to this island and I walked its shores and I walked through the woods and I saw the magnificent live oaks and I saw wild boars running across the road, wild, there are no roads, by the way, trail, and I saw wild horses and then I saw the homes of the individuals that have been there for 130 and more years and I realized this is a piece of America that's truly special. Let's hope it always is. When I come back from the break, I'm going to talk a little bit about what's in your freezer and what you might do with it in the time I have left on the show. Thanks for being with me, and thanks for bearing with me as I went on a little journey on a barrier island that is indeed as special as any place in America I've ever been. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voice of Chicago and America, 720 WGN. First, a message from our longtime sponsors, the Northwest Indiana and Chicagoland 
Chevrolet dealers. When sun rises, your alarm clock life is different. You eat a ditch for breakfast. Love the smell of diesel in the morning with a hot cup of joe. The weather report is 40% chance of mud. And corporate pull, that's 36,000 pounds of towing capacity with a gooseneck trailer. Mudden is PTO. You know sometimes when the paved road ends, the fun begins. Chevy Silverado 3500 HD is waiting to run over something, anything. No road, no problem, because the best way out is always through. A trouble rides a swift horse, and you don't want trouble pulling a backhoe loader. Chevy Silverado HD is a wake-up call. Now, during Chevy truck season, get a $1,000 accessory allowance toward the purchase of a new truck with accessories. You worked hard for your money. Spend it smart. So see your Chicagoland and Northwest Indiana Chevy dealer today or go to ChevyDriveChicago.com for all the details. Chevy Silverado HD. Power up and experience life in HD. It's Charlie Potter and the Great Outdoors on Chicago's very own 720 WGN. Welcome back to the Great Outdoors show. Charlie Potter, your host here on WGN Radio, and I hope you enjoyed that segment about a walk back in time to a place where time has stood still where actually there's no modern technology or very little where it's the world is the world the west the new world as we call it was discovered 500 years ago pretty spectacular almost 600 years ago now very spectacular i want to talk a little bit about what's in your freezer and what i mean by that is we're coming to the time of the year when we put the deer or the elk or the duck or the quail or the pheasant or whatever we did in the freezer that we shot last fall and now here we are may and then we don't want that in that freezer much longer and it happens time and time again year and year out where we have game in our freezers that we forget about or we never get around to eating and that's a horrible way to have an animal or a bird that you took the time to harvest and to plan to consume, end up being not eaten. So what I wanted to talk about was in the time remaining is there is an interesting individual. His name is Lance Lewis, and he's from southeast Louisiana. And he's created a great business where he teaches you how to prepare game or fish things that you've shot or caught, because his belief, as so many of us, is that if you're going to take the life of something, take it humanely. And by the way, hunting is a far more humane way than nature's way of killing an animal. If you've ever seen an animal be killed in nature, it's it's not pretty. I've watched eagles soar down and take ducks. I've watched peregrine falcons take quail. I've watched deer being taken down by mountain lions. Nature, nature is cruel, and nature, nature is really ugly. And, and there's one thing about death in nature, it is never kind. <clears throat> and yet we, as hunters, try to hunt in the most ethical way we can. We try to make the, clean as, the kill as clean as we can, and then we try to consume our meat or our bird, whatever it is, or our fish. So um, this individual felt that it was really important, as many have, to try to help us better prepare our food, and better use our food. And the business he's created is called Tagged Out Kitchen. Let me say that again, Tagged Out Kitchen. And it's about sustainability and knowing where your food comes from. I'm quoting here, I want to teach hunters and others about the amazing flavors of wild game, how to prepare it properly, and enjoy the health benefits of these lean proteins that are hormone and steroid-free. Mr. Lewis, who created this company, has done so to try to advance the heritage of hunting and fishing, to bring ever more the realization that people who hunt and fish, 
they eat what they what they harvest. They're not out just to kill for the sake of killing. We are the greatest conservationists and always will be. So when you go into a grocery market and you go into your food store and you buy a piece of beef or you buy a turkey, that's been raised conventionally. As you know, when you go out and you shoot a turkey or you shoot a deer, that's a different story. You're a part of nature when you're doing that and respecting what we kill is so important. And so, as Lance Lewis said, we have to take it full circle. Not only do we harvest the animal or catch the fish, but we process it, we clean it, we often put it in our freezer. And then there's an opportunity to create gourmet meals from it. And I don't pretend to be a gourmet chef at all, but tagged out kitchen's a pretty good, pretty good process to learn how to prepare your, your fish or your meat or your fowl. So as we think about emptying out our freezers this year, and we're getting to that point of the year when, time of the year, when you want to do that, you don't want to carry last year's duck into August, and you don't want to carry the deer in, into the summer. Tagged Out Kitchen has a lot, of, a lot of ways to do it, and they're not the only one, but it comes to mind this morning because I happen to be talking to an individual who knows Lance Lewis and was talking about how creative he was, and, and I believe he is. But there are, many, there are many places to go, many cookbooks, many, many game processing books. Have a look at one, and if you've got some animals or birds in your freezer, it's the time of the year to take them out. Thanks so much for listening. Next week when I'm back, I'm going to talk about some developments on the Farm Bill, which are quite interesting. And also I'm going to talk about potentially a program that's working its way through the Department of Agriculture, which could be incredibly, incredibly beneficial to conservation. It's a possibility that we're, we're on another breakthrough for conservation with, uh, with some green energy developments. And I don't mean green energy in the way of, of just trying to do things that may or may not be, be helpful in the end. It's, it's a way to potentially help a lot of landowners be much more sustainable. So thanks so much for listening. Thanks for taking a tour with me to a fabulous barrier island. And also, if you have a freezer, open that door, pull your game out. It's time to eat it. This is Charlie Potter on the Outdoor Voices Chicago and America, 720 WGN.